Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAuster, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not just something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until family is there, then that house becomes a home. So today, we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. Uh, good morning, King's House. Yeah. Look at the dad and say, Happy Father's Day. Come on. Man, what a privilege and an honor it is. I don't know that song coming out. I don't know what I was about to do. Wow, it's so good to be back. Wasn't worship just ushering us into the presence of God? Come on, let our team know we appreciate them. All you guys in the back for making us look and sound good. Pastors Mark and Erica, thank you so much for this great honor. I'm just part of the pastoral staff here now. Come on, somebody. And I I just go away every now and then and then come back home. Amen? And it's a great honor and a great privilege for me today. I have to be on my best behavior to have the best part of me, the greatest thing other than Jesus Christ that ever happened to my life. She's the cheese on my nachos, the cherry on my Sunday. Come on, somebody. The better half behind me. I'm going to ask my beautiful wife, Laura, if you will stand and just look at the people and give them a wave. Will you give her a King's House welcome? You know what they say behind every great man? There is a surprised mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I I really am excited just to be alive today, to be honest with you. You know, you know I survived Y2K. I've survived, you know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda. I survived Ebola and E. coli and, and SARS and, you know, anthrax and, and Corona. And, and I don't know what happened to the killer bees, but I survived them. Come on. Only to get here and the staff took me to Silver Dollar City. I thought I was going to die. I rode every one of them. 41 years ago was the last time I got on a, on a roller coaster. I vowed I'd never get on another one, but I rode every one, and I survived. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I survived, and I'm glad I survived. You know, you know it's not death that we ought to be so much afraid of. The thing we ought to be afraid of is not having ever lived. Everybody's been paralyzed by death. I just want to jump into Pastor Mark's series, Be the Answer, but kind of part two this morning. um, I want you to learn to live with the end in mind because death is not our greatest fear. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ God in a body came to this earth and conquered death so we wouldn't have to be afraid of dying. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 2. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. 
Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. In other words, Jesus Christ came, he died, he rose again, he conquered the power of death where you and I could live free from the fear of dying. In fact, in fact, there's a, there's a website called uh, death.com. And uh, I went and looked it up. You can, you can go out there and you can kind of see uh, deathclock.com, kind of see when you're going to die. They told me I'm going to die July the 12th, 2039. I, I think I'm going to beat those odds. Come on, somebody. My mom's 92 years old. I'm 61 years old. I had this thought the other day. If I just lived to be as old as my mom, I still got 31 years. That's a whole lifetime in front of me. Come on. I, I just need to be honest with you this morning. I'm going to talk about death, okay? Because I need to let you in on something. You're going to die. Look at me. You're going to die. Death is universal. In fact, death is more prevalent than living. Everybody's going to die, but everybody doesn't live. In fact, too many people live in so fear of dying that they never really experienced the life that God had for them. And God wanted you to know this morning that he wants you to be free enough to live the life that he planned for you so you can be the answer that God sent you into this earth to be. In fact, I want to read another passage of Scripture to you this morning. And, and it's a passage of Scripture that I preached my first sermon uh, from uh, 25 years ago. Not my first sermon, but the first time I preached on this passage. And when I preached on this passage 25 years ago, I had never in 35 previous years growing up in church my entire life, I had never heard a pastor preach a sermon on this passage of Scripture. And it's really talking about those of us who have built our life on Jesus Christ. Those of us who have accepted him as our Lord and Savior and are going to live our life for him. And this is what the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote to us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already that we've already laid, and that's Jesus Christ. How many people in this room have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Come on, give the Lord a good praise for that. Will you do it? So he's letting us know right off he's talking to you and I. And then he says this, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, and jewels, wood, hay, and straw. But on the judgment day, when, when the end of this life is over, when the day comes and you die and you stand in the presence of God, it says fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Now we know ahead of time, gold, silver, and jewels, fire will only make them better. But wood, hay, and straw, fire is going to burn up and it's just going to vanish. And look what he says. But if the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. Now listen, he's talking to those of us who have experienced a relationship with Jesus, have made it to heaven, and yet there we're going we're gonna to be rewarded for how we lived our life. 
And look at this last verse, verse 15. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. In other words, he says, you're going to be have made it, but that's when you're going to find out really what you lived your life for. Will you have made a difference while you traveled this journey through the planet called Earth? Will your life had stood for something? Will you have left a mark? When you get to heaven, will your life have made a difference and will you be rewarded for it? That's why Jesus came, where we wouldn't have to be afraid of dying and we wouldn't have to be afraid of living. I, I, I want to just leave this thought. Live with the end in mind. You say, well, how in the world do we live with the end in mind? How, when I get to heaven, can I make sure that the building materials I've used in my life was gold and silver and jewels? I don't want it to burn up. I want to be rewarded saying I've lived my life for the one who gave his life for me. Well, I want to I just give you some things that I think if you, will, if you will align your life with these simple steps that you can live with the end in mind and stand on that day and be rewarded. And the first one is this, live on purpose. Say that out loud with me, live on purpose. In other words, do it not with intent, but intentional. I mean, everybody has good intentions. The graveyards are filled with good intentions, with books that were never published, songs that were never recorded, businesses that were never started, ministries that were never founded. But, but God wants us to do more than have good intentions. He wants us to live a life on purpose, not by chance, but by choice. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. He said, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. No, I'm living my life on purpose. And I can tell you the best way to do that. Purpose is not so much about what you do as it is why you do it. Just stop and ask yourself, why am I doing this? And listen to me. If the answer to why am I doing this is all about you, that is not your purpose. Because your purpose was planned by God. You were born for a purpose and you were born with a purpose. The two greatest days in any person's life is first of all, the day we are born. And I think all of us has already had that day, come on. But the second greatest day is the day you discover why you were born. And let me tell you why you were born. You were born to be the solution to somebody's problem, the answer to somebody's question. You are God's answer to their prayers. So whatever you're doing, if you can ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? And the answer is, I want to make a difference in the lives of other people, then that is living on purpose. It doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store, whatever checkout line you end up in, whoever you work for, whoever you work with, or whoever works for you, wherever you are, just stop and ask yourself the question, why am I here? Who am I here for? And what do they need from me? If you'll just live that way every day of your life, you will live your life on purpose. And I promise you this, I promise you this, when you're old, or older, <laughs> or, or when you know have, no longer have to answer to somebody else or live for somebody else's expectation. 
The answer to this question will make the difference in whether you are feeling regret or gratitude. And I want to say this to you. If the answer to that question is important, then the question is important today. Live your life on purpose. The second thing you can do to live with the end in mind is to listen to your passions. God put passion inside of you. In other words, what makes you cry? What makes you sad? When you see it, nobody else cries, but you cry. That's an indicator of the purpose God puts you on this earth for. What makes you frustrated? What makes you angry? What do you look at and say, that's wrong, and somebody needs to do something about it? If you feel that way, you're the one that God's chosen to do something about it. You're to right the wrongs, and that's why you need to listen to your passions. And what makes you happy? What makes you sing? What gives you great joy? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I can wrap all three of those up in one thing. I was raised in church all my life. And I'll tell you the kinds of churches I was raised in, they could kill a person more than they could give them life. I mean, religion will kill you. Rules and regulations without a relationship will destroy you. Religion will suck the life out of you. And I grew up in a pastor's home, and it sucked the life out of our family and out of my father. And I had this, this sadness when I looked at pastors and I thought, they give their life, but no one ever gives their life to them. And I, I looked at religion and I said, there's got to be a better way. And, and I tell you, I have this passion. It's what led me to the king's house in 2018. It's what keeps me coming back over and over and over again. I've given my life to loving and encouraging and strengthening pastors. And I was sitting with a group of guys in 2018. And I began to listen to them talk about a church that was not a religious church, a church that was a life-giving church. I began to hear them think out of the box. And as they began to talk, I would cry. I would get a smile on my face, something like a baby jumping inside of me. And I tell you what, that was Pastor Mark Hennon and Blake Jennings and Chris Meeks. And today, I'm excited to be in the church that they were dreaming about in 2018. Come on, let's give the Lord a good praise for that. In fact, in fact, Jesus went into the temple because he hates religion too. He was turning over tables. I mean, he was popping a whip and his disciples were like, what's wrong with him? And then all of a sudden they remembered something the Bible said. Look what it says in John chapter 2. Then the disciples remembered this prophecy from Scripture. Passion for God's house will consume me. Jesus listened to his passion and he turned over religion and gave us a relationship with Almighty God. Let me tell you something just about these first two points. What I love about this place and how you can literally begin to live on purpose and lean and listen to your passions 
is go to discover the vision here at the king's house. And when you're in discover the vision, your heart will begin to leap, but they won't leave you just with inspiration. They'll invite you then to discover you and you can discover your purpose and your passions and you can find a place right here to begin to live your life on purpose and listen to your passions. Thank God for the king's house. The third thing I'd like to say is look for God's plan in whatever you're going through and whatever is happening in your life. God tells us this, that his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts and his plans are so much greater and bigger than our plans are. No matter what's happening in your life, it may seem confusion, confusing, but if you will just stop, stop and look for God's plan in it. Back in 2006, my son was 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, and, and he went to Ecuador to spend a year of his life there with a friend of ours. He had went through a couple of years of struggle out of high school and, and was questioning his faith and questioning the faith of his parents, and, and so a friend just invited him to spend a year in Ecuador. In the first two or three months he was there, he was walking through a park one night and he was held up at gunpoint by three men. He thought he was gonna die. They robbed him and, and God supernaturally intervened. He ran out of that park. I'll never forget, it was about 10, about 6.15 on a Wednesday night. I was walking into our church to get ready to start church and my phone rung. It was my son. I knew He knew I was going to church. I answered the phone, he's crying, he's yelling, get me out of here, dad, I need you to put me on a plane, get me home. And I'll never forget that feeling as I struggled standing there. And I wanted him to know I loved him, I wanted to know him I, I, that I was there to protect him. But at the same time, I just, I just settled him down and I said, son, let's wait 24 hours. And in 24 hours, if you still wanna come home, I'll bring you home, I'll get you on the next plane home. I said, but let's just stop and see what God may be doing in the middle of what happened to you. Well, 24 hours later, my son said, Dad, I'm gonna stay a little bit longer. He, he, he came home for Christmas and went back in January, and in February, he flew into Columbia and got arrested in Columbia because he was smuggling a television dish so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could get from Ecuador to Colombia. We didn't hear from him for about 48 hours. We didn't know if he was dead or alive. We wondered, God, what are you doing in our son's life? Well, we heard from him on the third day. He made it back to Ecuador. And the very next month, sitting in a park in the middle of Quito, Ecuador, he experienced the call of God in his life and he wrote us an email said I know why I'm here God wants me to give my life preaching the gospel and today he is a pastor in Sacramento California of a great church come on somebody look for God's plan look for God's plan David said it this way in Psalms 23 and verse number 3 he said he opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. In other words, don't just look at what's best for you or what's comfortable for you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just stop and say, God, show me your plan for my life because God's plan is the best plan for your life and God's plan for your life will bring glory to God and honor to God. And I wanna just stop and pause here for a minute. 
Get on my soapbox. I'm 61. I got grandsons. We're raising our children to try to give them a risk-free life. They can't have monkey bars on the playground no more. They got to have pads on their knees and on their elbows and on their head. I mean, we survived. Barely some of us, but we survived. What we're doing is causing our children to be afraid to really live. They're so afraid of getting hurt and so afraid of dying. I'm telling you, we need to learn to put some risk in our kids' life because if they're really gonna live the purpose God has for them, there's gonna be some bumped knees and some knocked elbows. Come on, everybody. And let me just say this. You give a trophy to every child but every child ain't gonna get the same reward when they get to heaven. In fact, let me, let me just say this. There is a principle that has been proven true in education. It's been proven true in science. It's been proven true in the military. It's been true in sports. And it's been proven true in, in the occupational world. What gets rewarded gets repeated. And if what gets rewarded gets repeated, if we give everybody, even the ones that play in the dirt, a trophy, they're gonna just keep sitting in the dirt and playing in the dirt. That's not the way you raise leaders. That's the way you raise losers. Parents, I wanna challenge you. Live on purpose. Listen to your passions. Look for the plan of God and raise your children to do the same. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Number four, leverage your pain. Listen, maybe a job loss. It may be the loss of a loved one, maybe divorce. I don't know what kind of pain or grief. Life is filled with pain. There's no such thing as a pain-free life. We all experience things that turn our world upside down. We all hit detours that were unexpected. Don't let the pain determine your destiny. Leverage that pain in your life. Not long ago, a couple of years ago, but for years, our oldest daughter, Destiny, has suffered from mental disease. She suffers with depression. She's suffered this way since she was a young teenager. And the only reason I talk openly about it is because she is very bold and very courageous to talk about it on her social media platform. A couple of years ago, she attempted suicide. And, and as parents, you can only imagine as we've watched her struggle with depression, the pain that we have went through, as many of you have. There's no greater pain than to watch your child suffer and know there's nothing you can do about it. I had prayed every prayer. I had claimed every promise. I mean, we raised our daughter. I mean, how did this get in? You ask yourself a thousand questions. You question everything you did as a parent. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You struggle with your own identity. And I had prayed and claimed every promise. And one day I just said, God, God, show me what to do with what I'm feeling in my life. And I'll never forget, God just gently began to talk to me. He said, Frankie, think about all the other parents. He said, in fact, think about the parents whose son has been abducted and they don't know where their children are. At least you know where your child is. What about the parents who knows their daughters have been abducted and probably being sex trafficked today? I began to feel a different kind of pain. 
And when I would come across a, a post on my daughter's social media that let me know she was struggling, I would pray for my daughter. But I would use that as an indicator. And I would begin to pray for other people who were suffering. I'd begin to pray for other parents. And I found that my pain became purpose in my life. I learned to turn my pain into prayers instead of just letting my pain be a problem in my life. Leverage the pain of your life. You know the verse. I want to read it out of the Passion. It says it in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. God can even help you find purpose in your pain. The fifth thing I would say to you if you're going to live with the end in mind is to love people. Everybody everywhere. Give your life to loving other people, serving other people, encouraging other people, helping other people. Don't live for yourself. That selfishness, purpose will move your focus from yourself. It'll always move your focus to others. The apostle Paul wrote it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. He said, and may the Lord increase your love until it overflows first toward one another and then for all people, just as our love overflows toward you. In other words, Jesus, even dying on the cross, looked down at his mother and said, Mother, behold your son. He looked at a disciple named John and said, John, he was taking care of others even on the cross. He looked at the thief beside him and said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. He told us the story of the good Samaritan. He told us the story in Matthew 25 about love everybody. And when you love the least of these, you're loving me. Love people everywhere you go. Many years ago, about 30 years ago, I met a young man. His name was Ricky Johnson. I loved Ricky. I loved Ricky for several reasons. This is Ricky right here. He's in heaven now in 2018. He died suddenly at 58 years old. But here's the real reason I loved Ricky. Show that I, Ricky was much shorter than I was. I tra I, everywhere I traveled, I took Ricky with me. He made me feel tall. <laughs> in more ways than one, he served me, loved me, encouraged me. But Ricky, when he died... He was known as a person. Every year he would go down 50 miles away. He would take blankets and toiletries and baggies to the homeless people every winter. And he would bus them back to our town 50 miles away and feed them meals. And every holiday, and before he would celebrate the holiday, he would be feeding the fire department, feeding the police department, feeding the EMS people. I mean, he just, he loved people. He loved to serve and he loved to tell people about Jesus. And, and at his funeral, I was privileged to preach that funeral. And yes, it was an honor and a privilege. I looked back to 2001, 17 years earlier. He had went through a school of ministry in our church. And to graduate, he had to write, what is your vision in a sentence? What do you want to be known as? What do you want to do with your life? And I found this, and I want to read it to you if I can. Here's what he said. He said, my dream and vision is to be the best servant I can be. To tell people about faith and the saving knowledge of Jesus. And to help the hungry, hurting 
people of the world. And when I read that statement, the congregation stood in applause because everybody knew that's who Ricky was. It didn't happen by accident. It happened because he lived his life on purpose. He constantly lived with the end in mind. Let me ask you a question. It may seem odd, but what do you want said at your funeral? Because one day we'll roll your body in here in a box and somebody's going to get up and say something about you. Are you giving people something to say that's going to matter? What stories do you want to tell your grandchildren when you're getting older? Do you want to tell them what God did with your life and the difference you made and the excitement and the avenger and the risk you took? Or do you just want to tell them you survived? I want to tell you today, live for the day that they celebrate your life. And here's the last thing I'll say. Leave your past. Will you say that out loud with me? Leave your past. Hey, help me. Put a smile on your face, not a religious look. Look at somebody beside you and say, leave your past. Because here's what I want to tell you today. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what you've done with your life up to today. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter if you made all the wrong choices. What a song to end the worship set this morning. It's about God's mercy. Mercy can rewrite your future. And listen to me. If you're not dead, God's not done. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. And he's working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you didn't feel it, he was working to get you here this morning. You came because it was Father's Day. You came because someone invited you. You came out of desperation, but it was God working because he never stops working. Again, the Apostle Paul, who murdered Christians, who tried to stomp out Christianity, who made every religious, horrendous, relational mistake you can make in your life. Yet one day he met Jesus on a road. And he's the one that wrote these verses. And listen what he said in Philippians chapter 3. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However... I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past. Say that out loud with me. I forget all. as I fasten my heart to the future instead. It doesn't matter what you did before 9.55 this morning. What matters is what you're going to do when you walk out of this place at 11.15. Two thousand years ago, Jesus came and he paid for your past so that today you could have a future. And you could live the rest of your days, day by day, week by week, month by month, with one thought in mind. One day I'm going to stand before him and I want my life to have made a difference. It happens because Jesus died and he rose again paid for your past so that you could have the power of God living inside of you.
about your future. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this building. And then I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you just for a moment to close your eyes all over this building. I don't know who you are. I don't know what got you here, but I know this. That in it all, God was leading you to this moment in your life. Your future is greater than your past. Your tomorrow is greater than your yesterday. And God still has a purpose for the rest of your life. And it's to make a difference in the lives of others. Maybe this morning you've made all the mistakes. You just have to admit, I've been arrogant I'm a sinner. I'm rebellious. I've been selfish. But to be honest, I sense right now in my heart, I need Jesus to rescue me. I need to be saved. I need a new life. Today, I'm going to give up the control of my life. Today, I want to accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I want to surrender the rest of my life to Him. We call it being born again. We call it being saved. Because the Bible says you'll become a brand new person. All you have to do is simply respond. Simply believe that He died for you and simply in your heart say, I am sorry. I repent. I want to go the different way. I want to live my life for Him. And today, if that's your decision, let me tell you something. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If that's your decision today, and listen, it may be a simple raise of the hand, but if in your heart you're asking Jesus to forgive you and you're placing your faith in Him, something supernatural is going to happen in your life. And you're going to walk out of here a brand new person headed in a brand new direction if that's your choice left to right front to back when I say three lift your hand wherever you are wherever you are dad if you will your family will mom if you will your daughter will this is where your legacy begins one you mean business with God two Today is the day you surrender your life to Him. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand up. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. I see it. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand in the back, sir. God sees your hand, sir. God sees your hand, ma'am. God sees your hand, sir. God sees your hand. Most importantly, He sees your heart this morning. All over this room. Now I want to pray. And just everyone, just pray with me. Even if you've been born again 40 years, if you've been a part of the king's house since it began, will you just out loud pray this with me? And everyone that raised your hand, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Today, I ask you to forgive me. I believe Jesus died for me. Today, I want to give my life to Him. Father, thank You for loving me. Thank You for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Hey King's house, about 20 people just said yes to Jesus. Come on, come on, let's celebrate. Oh, come on, the Bible says there's a party in heaven right now. We thank you, Jesus. Man, what a Father's Day. You've got a heavenly Father, and you'll never be the same. Hey, King's house, if you raised your hand and you made a decision this morning, find somebody on your way out. Find one of the ushers standing at the door, one of the staff members you saw on this platform, and and just tell them you made a decision. They'll help you. They'll help you know what to do next. Thank you for being here this morning. We love you. We hope you have an awesome Father's Day, and we hope to see you on Wednesday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you'd like to give towards the ministry of The King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever in our area and want to come visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats and parking spots and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out that quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you very soon.